I want to go to the verse we're going to be handling today. It's Psalm 27, 20, verse 7. It says, some take pride in chariots and others in horses, but we take pride in uh, we trust the name of Yahweh our God, the name of our Lord. We do that. And uh, this, uh, we're doing unit number two with experiencing God today. And it's, it's really talking about how far God looks and then how we're to look to him and how much he looks out and he's always at work and we join him in that work. And uh, so we got a video from Justin and Ashley who are a part of our church and uh, God had called them. They usually sit right in this area right here. I remember distinctly we were, I was given a challenge to go where the voice of the Lord is telling you to go. And uh, they uh, went out in the, in, in the parking lot in this first section here and uh, they were parked on the downhill side of the first section. I can almost tell you where they were parked. They stood behind their car and they said, uh, we know that God is calling us to this mission work. So they left here, they, they, they uh, re resigned their jobs. They uh, went to Honduras, as you know, started Sparrow Missions, Sparrow Academy, an orphanage there. And now they've left Honduras, all that's up and running. They've raised up their leaders, which is what we do internally. And they've raised up their leadership and now they're, they're taking care of that. Um, one of our own was even working in that as, as, as well as uh, she is helping to take care and organize that. Now they've gone to Thailand. And you gotta love Justin and Ashley, all right? And we're, we're gonna talk about them in our sermon today, but I want you to see this video. And uh, we wanna incorporate praying, praying for Melody Kate, but we also have a request and it's a church planning request. And let's listen to Justin as they're there in Thailand, okay? Watch this. You will hear in a moment, and when we pray, you'll hear it in the sermon too, but when you, we, we, we are trying to do this very thing that I'm getting ready to explain to you, is when you go in what they're going into, um, and, and Steve Haddix is in Haiti, uh, you look for a place of peace to operate out of. That is a picture in the Gospels. And here Justin has found that place. They're find, they found this pastor, and they're finding this place of peace. And you heard him say, we thought it would take longer, uh, at least two years to, to develop. It's already happened. And they're gonna go to that house of peace and begin their ministry there. And we wanna pray for that. We wanna pray for uh, that pastor, Pastor Eck, all right? And uh, I'm just gonna tell you to pray for that place because I don't know that I can repeat what the name of that town is, all right? So uh, that very specific uh, part. So we wanna pray for them. Uh, I, I, I say this a lot. I don't want people to think who were with us from the beginning of 98 uh, when we were mobile for all those years, almost nine years, uh, that I think you're the real Hope Church. I don't think that, okay? You, you are a part of who we are even now if you just connected with us even in just the last few weeks. But uh, it reminded me of old school Hope Church because we used to sing a song about this. Do, you all, do, do I have any who remember that at all? None at all? Goodness, I am aging, right? I, uh, I was at disaster relief training uh, uh, last Saturday 
and they were giving out the people who had started disaster relief in our church. They were giving the history in our state who did it. And uh, I'm like, I know every one of those people personally, which is one of those, you're getting old moments in my life. You know, they're like, historically it started, well, I knew Bob Simpkins, I knew all these people. So when I saw this verse, so I called Chad and I said, Chad's on sound this morning. And I called Chad and I said, Chad, can you play a portion of this song that we used to do. And so we're gonna give it our best shot. Chad, let's see if they remember some of it. Go ahead and play it if you will. Good. You all remember it? Some of you remember? Some, do, do all of you know you're at Hope Church today? You know that? You know where you are? Okay, that's, uh, that's some old school music from uh, way back when, when we used to do that song. Steve Tishner was our worship pastor from Bowling Green at the time, and he's the one who introduced that to us. You're going to wonder why this is picked today, and uh, because we, we trust in the Lord. We trust and what he's doing and how he's leading and how he's speaking and how he's calling and how he's sending. We just trust it. You don't always know uh, all that he knows. If you really wanna know the truth, you remember we started off this series, it's called Reset. And in doing this series, it's to just make sure the branch is connected to the tree, right? That's in John 15. That's all you gotta do. If the branch stays connected to the tree, then you're going to bear fruit. Well, we trust in what he's doing, but he's, he's always thinking past where you and I are thinking. You need to know that. Uh, you and I can o- only see a little bit of tunnel vision. He's always thinking past whatever he's asking us to do. So we trust in the name of the Lord. Uh, to trust in chariots and horses back then was the most up-to-date you could do and is the most up-to-date thing you could have if you were building an army. It was a symbol of strength. It was an up-to-date army. It had power. It had speed. Uh, these chariots were called war carts. They were war carts. And they would have the best horses available. Uh, and to boast about your power, and to boast about your ability uh, to overtake anybody in the act of war was to count and see how many horses and chariots you had. Because usually whoever had the most horses and chariots won the war because it was the most up-to-date thing you could have. And they boast about it. They take pride in it. And since some may take pride or they trust horses and chariots but he said we will we will trust the name of the Lord we will have pride in the name of the Lord so we trust the Lord in his work I want you to look at Romans chapter 3 verses 10 and 11 as it is written there is no one righteous not even one There is no one who understands. There is no one who seeks God. Uh, I I love my wife, Julie. Many of you all know Julie deeply. 
uh, and my wife, I've said this before, my wife thinks everybody loves Jesus and everybody's gone to Sunday school. That's just the way Julie lives. She, and I, I, when I tell her not everybody loves Jesus and not everybody's gone to Sunday school, it messes her little world up. Um, but she, she, deeply, she deeply wants that in everybody's life. <clears throat> if you know her, you know that that's true. But the truth is, you and I have sections of our life where we did not seek the things of God. Would that, is that an agreement between us? Don't tell anybody. Don't let it go past here. But is that an agreement between us? That the last thing on your mind was the Lord? I mean, the last thing on your mind was the Lord? You, you have to understand that um, we're born into a, a state of rebellion. <laughs> we're deviant, you know, we're, we're born into this. And uh, it's the rebellion that happened in the Garden of Eden. We're born into that. We have a nature to rebel. Uh, and so no one is seeking and, and not, not much is going on. Uh, no, no one is understanding or, or seeking the Lord. Look at uh, John chapter 6, verse 44. No one can come to me, Jesus says, unless the Father who sent me draws him, and I will raise him up on the last day, which is a picture of resurrection. You need to know the Father is always at work. He's always at work. Uh, if people are asking questions about God, or they're getting ideas in their mind about God, he's working in their life. Why? Because scripture says no one thinks about that unless the Father draws them. You get the picture. If anybody has a discussion with you about the Lord, has questions about God, they're already working because what we want to get out of this series is that God's always at work. You find out where he's working and you join him in that work. And you're going, well, how will I know that he's at work? How do I know? Well, if anybody's talking to you and asking questions about God, then he's already working in their life. You see that? And then you join that. You join that. It, it really becomes that easy. Because they wouldn't be thinking about him unless he was working in their life. Do you see the picture? You see the picture. We'll get to it in just a moment even deeper. Um, if the Lord puts them on your mind, he's already working in theirs. I've said that ever since I've been here in 1994. <clears throat> a man in our church, a dear friend, called me the other day. He said, I gave, he said, I, I was talking to this guy. He said, I gave my testimony to him. Uh, he said he was asking questions. I gave my testimony to him. He said, I just got a call and said uh, he uh, surrendered his life to Christ at Alton Christian Church and uh, has been baptized. And I said, well, man, that's awesome. And uh, so our conversation went a little deeper and he goes, I, I don't know why the testimony just, it just happened real casually. I said, well, it's because the Lord was already working in that man's life and the Lord just asked you to join him in that. And he just shared his testimony. The guy went away, <clears throat> surrendered to the Lord, uh, connected with the church here in Anderson County. And then he was, he was baptized. You see how that works? Uh, we don't ask the Father to work. He's already working. The problem is we're conditioned to tell God where to work, aren't we? Aren't we? He hello, you all out there? Have we been disconnected? 
aren't we, don't we tell God what he needs to do? God, you, you need to do this and you need to do that. And I see that you need to be working there. We have a tendency, we're conditioned to be able to do that. The truth is we see where he is working and we join him in that work. And that means wherever that is in the world. So we trust the Lord in his work. And then he asks us to join. We trust the Lord to transform people's lives. You and I can't do that. If I could, I'd, I'd, you know, I'd be stopping traffic out here on 127. Uh, we don't have the ability to do that. Only he does that. Look at Romans 12, 2. It says, uh, do not be conformed to this age, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may discern what is the good, pleasing, and perfect will of God. Some people go, well, we, we, don't, we, we can't know the will of God. That's not what this says. It says you can, but you have to be transformed and your mind has to be renewed and focused on him so that you may discern. You'll figure it out. What is the good, pleasing, and uh, perfect, complete will of God? There is a battle. There's a battle going on within us. It's the self-centered part of us, and there's a battle with the God-centered part of us. There's a battle between self-centered living and God-centered living. And self-centered living is, uh, we're, we're just, it's just convenience. It's just accommodating to the world. Um, instead of the kingdom, we're accommodating the world. Inst instead of going by conviction, we go by convenience. Um, a transformed life is always looking for God's purpose. Uh, when he reveals, when he reveals, in, in, instead of us looking at our plans, the Lord has always messed my plans up. Always. That's why I hold up the flexible card. You remember the flexible card a few weeks ago? Why? Because you have your plans and God does something and the seasons change in your life. I'm not living in a season that I thought I'd ever live in. And some of you are, are in the same situation with me. But we still, we don't trust in chariots. We don't trust in horses, but we trust in the name of our God. To trust in chariots and horses means you're trusting a worldly order. To trust in the name of the Lord means you're talking about a kingdom order. And some of you in this building, sitting in this chair right now, you're in a season you never thought you'd be in. You're in a place you never thought you'd be in. And you're wondering, uh, what is God doing? Well, I just want you to know that he's working. And you, we have to trust. Remember, we don't trust chariots. We don't trust horses. We trust the Lord. And he's working. But there's a battle that goes on within us of being self-centered and being God-centered. And it happens all the time. And uh, let, let me use, uh, I, let me start with Tyra. Tyra doesn't know that I'm going to throw her under the bus today. But Tyra came to us years and years ago when we were starting Hope Church. And uh, it was just one person and she was going and telling her story. Uh, about how the Lord redeemed her and how the Lord saved her and going to churches and conferences and other parts of the world. Well, it's no longer Tyra. It's, it's, there's eight of them now, okay? There's eight and they're all blessings. Every, every one of them are blessings. The, do you see, here, here's, here's what I'm telling you. You'll see that God is in the calling and speaking and sending business. Now, 
some, some people he sends in different parts of the world. We'll get there in a second. Some, he just has them share their testimony on a normal work day and a guy becomes saved. Do you see what I'm saying? We're sent. You know why we have the hope arrow and we have the arrow at the end of it. You're being what? Talk to me, church. Wake up. We're being sent. God sends us. So just here, we are ascending church. I want to remind you that over 60 people who once were very active here are, are today serving the Lord in some capacity. Preaching, uh, they're, they're associate pastors, they're worship pastors, or they're involved in ministry organizations. And, and, and we're trained to keep those 60. Let me tell you what I mean by that. If I keep those 60, they're going to bring in 10 or 15 people uh, to our church apiece a year. You do the math. And so we're, we're taught to keep those people here and just grow this campus. That's not what ascending church looks like. We're, we're reaching more people exponentially by sending them than we are by keeping them and adding people yearly. Are you all with me? Are you, are you, are you awake enough to do math? Can you do math? Do you see my point here? I, I want you to be able to see this. And so Steve Haddix, y'all know Steve, uh, usually in the second service. And Steve, I was preaching at First Baptist uh, Lawrenceburg. I was one of the TV preachers around here. And uh, Steve Haddix was not going to church. Vicky would try to get him to go to church. He wouldn't go to church, but he watched me on television. And uh, he told Vicky one day, he said, if that guy ever starts a church, I'm going to it. The next Sunday, I resigned First Baptist and started Hope Church. <laughs> all right, so uh, Steve had to come. And you all know most of the story. Not all of you do because you, don't, you, you haven't been with us long enough. But Steve came here, went through children's ministry, was on staff here uh, in, in several positions and uh, was leading tours to Haiti out of our church uh, to Disciples Village, or then they called it Alex's house at that time. And Steve came back on one of those trips, and he and I were together in the office one day, and some of you know me, I can be really random. I can just, I'm bing.com, you know, you just bring up something and my mind just starts going everywhere. And uh, so um, Steve and I were at the office down here in the Grove of Trees, and uh, we were talking, and I just stopped, and I said, Steve, I, I want to give you permission to go to Haiti. He goes, will I go to Haiti? I said, no. I've seen Haiti take a bite out of you. You have permission to go. Steve is now leading that organization. He's the president of that organization in Haiti. Uh, I, I just, God's working, right? Saw where God's working. He joined him in that work. Justin and Ashley, you saw the video earlier. Went to Honduras, created what they did there, left there to go to Thailand. You saw that video. We're going to be, we're, you, Hope Community Church, are going to be planting a church in Thailand. Okay? Now hang on a moment. Does God care about the people in Thailand as much as he cares about the people here? That's a great answer, but do you believe that? So you, you see, do you see what ascending church looks like? 
You'll, you'll be planting a church in Thailand. You help plant the beginning of a church in Honduras that will be fulfilled. You know Miss Rose in Kenya, an orphanage that we uh, monthly support. It's called Tumani. Miss Rose has been here uh, and, and, and spoken here several occasions. And they're starting a church through their orphanage. Tumani is a word that means hope. And they're starting a church. You want to know what they're naming it? Hope Community Church. You have planted a church in Kenya. Do you see that? Uh, this, uh, this, uh, this Sunday, my son is preaching at Commonwealth City Church, a church that you planted, a young man that we sent. He's my biological son, but he's your spiritual son. And he's there today leading and, and, and preaching. We had, when we first started Hope Church, I felt like we were to play at Hope Church in Lexington. That was my plans, right? Self-centered thinking, right? God said, no, I want it here. I want it here. I'll tell you that story in a minute. And in that, uh, we, we talked about, well, God gave Lexington to us for some reason. And you think there's a lot of churches there. The baptisms are not that great when you add all the churches up in Lexington. They're not what you think they are. And so in, in there, we, we're like, okay, but I, we dropped it. We kind of dropped it. Steve Chirac, Steve Chirac was having surgery. Uh, and we were in the waiting room, Donna Gale, his wife, myself, and some other people. And Don Peters was there. Don looked up at me and he goes, uh, are we going to continue to pray about Andrew and planting this church on UK's campus? And I was like, well, Don brought it up. I didn't bring it up. Don brought it up. And Don brought it up. And we started praying. Guess what? This morning, there's a church of about 400 people meeting on UK's campus. And uh, my son, biologically, your son spiritually is there. You, you, you planted that church that's meeting today. You find out that conversation with Don and me, it, it, God was reminding us of something that we had prayed about that was in his will. Do you all see that? And we needed to reconnect with that, and then we watch what happens. Many of you all know Steve Wales. His brother is right back there in the back, and, and Cecil was a part of this prayer meeting, but it goes deeper than that. I was in Russell Springs. I pastored that young lady sitting right back there, Miss Lindsay. And uh, they had a, the Gideons had a pastor appreciation banquet down at Lure Lodge. And uh, I didn't know if the preaching was going to be good or the fellowship was going to be good. I just knew the food was going to be good. <laughs> so I went to the pastor appreciation banquet on that Saturday night. And there you are assigned your next Gideon speaker for the next morning, right? Steve Wells, Cecil's brother, is the keynote speaker. I didn't know Steve Wells from anything. I didn't even know where he was from. He and I casually shook hands and introduced each other. But Steve was the keynote speaker at the Gideon Pastor Appreciation Banquet. Uh, then next Sunday, we were assigned our Gideon speaker who happened to be Sonny Fentress. Y'all putting all this together? How many of y'all putting all this together or can? Sonny Fentress used to be the school superintendent of Anderson County Schools. 
was I thinking about coming to Lawrenceburg? Say no. No, I was not. Was Lawrenceburg on my mind? No. No, not at all on my mind. Did I put Steve Wells and Sonny Fentress together at that moment? No. Sonny comes and speaks. One of his best friends is Mike Ritchie, who was the chairperson at First Baptist Lawrenceburg. He calls up and he goes, I think I found your next pastor. I didn't know that conversation went on then, didn't know it. Uh, and then they kept after me. I reluctantly didn't want anything to do with them. Uh, little by little, it kept happening. Do y'all remember Jim Catlett, Gordon Catlett's dad, who was the county judge executive of Anderson County? Jim's no longer with us. Uh, Jim uh, saw my name. There was a group of names. He didn't attend our church. He threw my name out to John Allen Perry, said, that's going to be your next preacher. I didn't know Jim Catlett at all. I didn't know Steve Wales at all. I had just met Sonny Fentress. Do you all see how I am trapped? Do you see where I am absolutely trapped? Right? And my wife is doing Experiencing God, the series that we're in. And when you get Sonny and Steve and Julie and Jesus chasing you, you might as well surrender, right? So uh, when on, on my, my trial Sunday here, uh, I, uh, Steve Wells told me, he said, I was preaching and he said, God told me that, that night you were going to be my pastor. And he waited until that day. Steve, you know, I mean, Cecil, you know all that to be true. We were in a prayer meeting, Cecil, Steve, and some others. And uh, we were mobile and we were thinking about some land. And uh, God, uh, God impressed Steve and Cecil uh, about the Moffat farm, which is kin to this lady right here that's nodding her head right there. And uh, the Moffat farm is not where we are today. It's the farm next to us. And so uh, Steve Wells told me about it. We went over there and we found out this farm was for sale. It was a house in five acres and then 95 acres. Put it together. You're early enough to do the math, right? We got 100 acres. And uh, we looked at it. I was the last one. Our elders wanted to come on out here. It took me forever to make up my mind on that. They met with me, told me that I was being disobedient, that I was being slow, uh, all those things. And it was true. It was a true statement. Uh, we do a perk test, right? Y'all know what a perk test is. Those of you in construction know we have to perk the ground for sanitation because if it doesn't perk properly, you can't build on it. We, we knew that the owner of this property before us wanted a subdivision and he failed his perk test. Listen to me, some trust in chariots, some trust in horses, but we will trust in the name of our God. Amen. So we bought this property knowing that the property did not perk for sanitation. How brilliant is that when it comes to land development? The same health department came here on this property. We had a man on a backhoe by the name of Mike Gase, we called him MG, and we dug holes all over this land. Every single hole we dug perked, every single one of them. And we bought it knowing they didn't. 
And we come to find out this land is a part of a, is a, part of a, of a claim of a revolutionary war hero who built a church back over here, a few ridges over. And this part was a part of his original plan. And uh, it was the only church that would allow slaves to attend it. We have found the records of the slaves only having their first name, like Miss Sarah, no last name. Uh, I think we've even found Miss Sarah's Bible that she was able to have. And uh, we, we feel like, do y'all see? Are y'all, have y'all got that na-na-na-na-na-na-na going on in your mind? Do you see what I'm talking about? How God has led through all that? God has put things together. It absolutely becomes incredible. How many of y'all know Joel League that pastored Living Waters Church in, uh, in, in uh, Clay Village? Clay Village, right? Is that it? Yeah. Joel and I became good friends. Joel called me on the phone and he said, back when 127 was just a two lane road, two lane roads, four lane now. He said, I was driving up at one day and God gave me a vision of a building, a church building being exactly where your church is. And he said, that was back when it was a two lane. He said, I was headed to Frankfurt. And he said, God just gave me a flash of a revelation. And he said, I haven't told anybody. I wanted to be able to tell you. Listen, are you all listening? God transforms our lives. He's thinking way ahead of us. I want you to think he's thinking more than how many we have on campus today. Did you hear that? I'm gonna say it again. He looks beyond the numbers that we can say we can have on campus, on campus today. Uh, I want you to see how he's called us to be ascending church. Do you see that? A, a, a church that plants other churches. I want you to be able to see that. You and I have got to do our best to see things from God's perspective instead of our own. That's why we, there's a battle of being self-centered and God-centered. There's, there's a, I could have been self-centered and seen Steve Wells and Sonny Fentress and my wife Julie and everybody else saying we needed to move. I could have been self-centered. Lindsay knows I love Russell County, probably not as much as she does because she was born and raised there. But you see what I'm saying? God, he transforms and he has a reason beyond what you can see. And you got to trust it. Some trust in chariots and some trust in horses. Trust in the name of our Lord. Yeah, he sees beyond anything you can imagine. Isaiah 55, eight and nine. For my thoughts are not your thoughts and your ways are not my ways. This is what the Lord declares. For as heaven is higher than earth, so my ways are higher than your ways. Say thank you, Lord, will you? Yeah. And my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. He's not just seeing what's on campus today. That doesn't and never needs to be our measurement. You are a part of a church as we speak, planning a church in Thailand. 
have planted a church in Kenya, planted a church on UK's campus. Do you see what I'm saying? It's the sending. You've got to trust in him. Instead of seeing, uh, instead of seeing where he is already working, we, we, we want to develop. Here's what we do. We get, we, we get a ministry in our mind. We, we work on it. We plan on it. We, get it. we put it together, and then we ask God to join it. That is not the biblical pattern. The biblical pattern is I see where he is already working and I hear and listen for his invitation to join him in that work. And then I adjust my life and I join him in that work. Okay. So it's not your work and you insert God. It's God's work and you insert, he inserts you. We trust the Lord that he speaks to us and guides us. Hebrews 1, 1 and 2. Long ago, God spoke through the fathers to the fathers by, by the prophets at different times and in different ways. In these last days, he has spoken to us by his son. And then it means the word, right? Jesus, Logos is the word. He's the, is the created word because all things are made through him. We'll see that here in a moment. It's the living word. He's, and then it is the written word. It's all Jesus. In these last days, he has spoken to us by his son. God has appointed him heir of all things and made the universe, uh, made the universe through him. Look at John 14, 26. This is about God speaking. But the counselor, the Holy Spirit, the father will send him in my name. He will teach you all things and remind you everything that I have told you. John 16, 13 through 14. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own, but he will speak whatever he hears. He will also declare to you what is to come. He will glorify me, it's meaning Jesus, because he will take from what is mine and declare it to you. John chapter eight, verse 47. The one, the one who is from God listens to God's words. This is why you don't listen, he said, because you're not from God. There's not a seeking of God that is there. He speaks through his Holy Spirit, and through his Holy Spirit today, he speaks in four ways. He speaks through scripture, which is his word. And it is the person and the picture of Jesus. He speaks through prayer. He speaks through your circumstances. Some of you are in a season that is just nothing but a big question mark. But I just want you to know he's ahead of you working. He's, he's at work. You gotta trust that. Some trust in chariots, some trust in horses. We will, we will trust in the name of our Lord. And then fourth, he speaks in and through his church. His Holy Spirit speaks to us through scripture, prayer, circumstances, and church. This is not a formula, folks. This is not a method. It's a love relationship with him. Remember, the branch has got to stay connected to the tree. Please know that we have an enemy who wants the branch to be disconnected from the tree. He wants it to happen. Um, so he's at work. He invites us to join him. He grows us. Sometimes he invites you and it's later on that you join because he's got to grow your character. He gives us an assignment and that assignment is always going to be bigger than what you're able to accomplish or do. But here we are. 
We don't brag on chariots and horses. We don't brag on that. We take, take pride. We trust in the name of our Lord. And I promise you, he's at work in your life. And he's going to give you an invitation for you to join him. And you're going to have to adjust your life to do that. I just want you to know it is worth the adjustment. It's more than you and I can count as to what he will do. Amen? I pray that you see that today. Let me pray over you. Father, I pray over our people today. Decisions that need to be made. Invitations that need to be given from you. And Father, I just pray that we hear clearly of what you've called us to. I pray that we trust you, that you're working beyond what we can figure out. And what you have planned is greater than what we can ever imagine. Uh, Lord, as best we can, we're gonna try to see. We're gonna try to see through your eyes. Lord, I pray that even now, this, this invitation will be a time of surrender. It'll be a time of surrender for people. I don't have a chariot, I don't have a horse. But those are pictures of worldly things, Lord, that I can put my trust in. And today, we surrender. We will put our trust in you. It's in the name of Jesus that I pray. Amen. There will be people here in the altar for you to come and pray with and let them minister to you. And the invitation here is whosoever will, for whatever reason, to come. Church, would you stand? Tucker, the team is going to lead us. You come.